Come on, Spirit of the Lord, give him some, give us a clap for Jesus. It's good to be in God's house, isn't it? Well, hey, listen, um, if you're here for the first time today, uh, joining us at True North, let me just be um, maybe hopefully the second or third voice to say this, but we're grateful you're with us today if you're here for the first time. And uh, I know this may be different from what you're used to. Maybe um, you didn't expect to be here today, but I want you to know um, that we're grateful that you're here with us today. Can we show love to everyone who's here for the first time? Glad that you're with us here today. Hey, listen, we're obviously we have our weekend services approaching and I just want to extend this kind of maybe a challenge to you for this year. Make sure that you are actively pursuing people in your world that you have relationships with that you may know. Um, we have provided you with uh, invitations. You can pick up a ton as you leave. Maybe there, there should be a few on your seat, but we have a lot of services this upcoming weekend and and I want you to know we do that with intention. It's not, with, with, it's not randomly decided upon. We do it with intention so that as many people as possible can come and hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? And uh, in addition to that, uh, I want to uh, pray, uh, obviously, before we begin today. And uh, I'm excited with all that God is doing here. This is a, this is a fun season. It's a season of challenge for, for many. Sometimes we, we see things and experience difficult seasons, but I really believe this is one of the greatest seasons um, for the Lord to do a work within or in the people of God and the people around us that he's called us to impact. And uh, Will you pray with me before we begin this morning? Someone just say yes. There we go. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we could be found in your house. God, I thank you um, for all that you're doing amongst us and in this work of True North. And Father, I pray today that as we unpack your word and as we open it, that you will do something in our hearts, God, that you will change us, challenge us, um, make things, reveal things to us, God, so that we won't leave the same. We're grateful for the work that you've begun in us and know that you're faithful to finish that which you've started. Father, be with us today. In your precious name we pray, amen and amen. Romans chapter 15. We're not going to waste any time. Is that all right? Romans chapter 15, verse 13. This is what it says. I pray that God, the Apostle Paul declares this, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely, completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. We will be filled completely with joy and peace. Why? Because we trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I love this declaration by the Apostle Paul declaring that we can be completely filled with joy and be completely filled with peace. Uh, some of you have been with us through this series, and we're in a series or a conversation, rather, that God's not done or not done yet. And I want you to understand this, that, that often when God speaks to us, it can, it can be a word that we receive, but sometimes you can't just be a recipient of a word, you've got to be a carrier of it. And I want you to know, regardless of how you arrived in, in church today, that God sees you right where you are. He, you might not be in a good place, but God still sees you. He hasn't forgotten you. He's not done with you yet. And some of you this week, may that be your prayer, may it be your declaration, maybe over your marriage, over your finances, over the lives of your sons and daughters and grandkids, that God's not done with them yet. Um, is there anyone else who's still a work in progress in church this morning? Uh, I'm a work in progress, and I'm grateful that God doesn't do away with me because I'm a work in progress. He picks me up, encourages me, and keeps pushing me forward. It's the nature of our God. He's not done with us yet. And I'm so grateful as we gather week in and week out to celebrate the finished work of Jesus, to give honor to God, to worship God, 
that we can be reminded and know. And I want you to know in your spirit, God's not done yet. He's not done yet. And you know how I know if you know that? It changes the way that you walk. It changes the the confidence of your walk. It changes the authority by which you speak. It changes the language you use. You focus upon different things. Why? Because you know deep down within your soul, God's not done with me yet. He's not finished with me yet. It's my prayer today that that would be your story and be your conviction. This is a fun season. It's a fun season for many, but also it's a season of difficulty for some. But I love this time of the year, and one of the things that I find fascinating about Christmas is that we often assume that what brings us joy in this season brings joy to other people. Um, I I was having a conversation. I don't know what it is with you. I don't know what brings you joy in the Christmas season. Some of you, you love the fact that every time you turn on the radio, it doesn't matter what station it is, um, it's a Christmas song. Some of you love that. Some of you despise that. But some of you, you love it. Some of you, you love driving around and and viewing lights, the Christmas lights. How many of you love doing that with the kids, viewing the Christmas lights? I've learned one thing when you're driving quickly, um, maybe down the street or something, and you see lights when you have young kids in the car, you never say, look at that, because if they miss it, then you spend the next 15 minutes in the car listening to them cry because they missed it and they didn't see it. But um, love looking at lights, even the ones that are tacky. I think it always brings a good laugh. And, uh, but lights are fun. And even the Christmas songs that we sing throughout the year, what brings you joy? I don't know what it is, but you all have um, different things that bring you joy. I was talking to someone the other day, and they uh, reminded me that they love eggnog. Um, I think it's gross, but um, they love it, and it, it brings them joy. And we all have these strange things, the food during the holidays, the cookies, the family, the fun, whatever it may be. Um, but what brings you joy? You know, there's different levels of joy, right? There's the different, you know, not only levels, but different faces of joy. Some of us know that there is kind of the surface level of experiencing something or a good laugh or a good joke, or maybe someone gives you a gift and you smile and you feel good about yourself, but it's short-lived and it's temporary and you know that, but it brings you joy and it's seen in your face. And For some of us, we know that there's maybe something a little bit deeper. Maybe it was you acquiring the job that you always wanted. And and so it seems to sustain you a little bit more through things. And and that's more demonstrated through your life. Not necessarily your your, your facial expressions, but your life. You're able to to deal with difficulties and things. But then there's that artificial joy. That that joy that kind of comes through receiving something. But it is very momentary. It is very temporal. It comes and it goes. And it's it's kind of like the artificial essence of joy. And I don't know about you, I, I, as I grow in my walk with God and I begin to read the Word of God, He speaks in Scripture about a very specific joy. A very specific joy. And if you're not careful, you will relate what Scripture refers to as joy as often what you refer to as joy. And I want you to leave today understanding exactly what Scripture speaks of when it speaks of joy. Paul writes in chapter 12, verse 2, he says, Do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world. He says, But let God transform you into a new person. How many want to be transformed into a new person? I want to be transformed into a new person by changing the way that you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect will. I love... um, where we live, people often ask me, hey, where are you from? And I say, New Jersey. And I say, well, actually, I'm, I'm 
when people, if I'm being introduced, they'll say they're from New Jersey, and I say, well, it's, well I'm from South Jersey, and they say, well, yeah, Jersey. I said, no, nah, not really. Um, it's South Jersey, and, uh, and they're like, ah, it's the same. I'm like, no, please don't. It's South Jersey, and uh, I was like, we kind of take pride in the fact we're from South Jersey. If we could, there would probably be like the Carolinas and whatnot. We'd be north and south. Um, it may happen. Who knows? But um, uh, we're, we're, I just think, a, a different bunch of people in South Jersey, but I, I love where we live, and, and one of the reasons uh, I love where we live is because I feel like, because, and some of you will know where I'm going with this, um, where we live, we have a place called Caltown. Anyone familiar with Caltown? Caltown is great. Caltown is great. And one of the reasons Caltown is great is because you can get any knockoff counterfeit product um, of your dreams. You know what I mean? And it does, it's not limited to just kids' toys. I mean, you can get perfume, you can get purses, you can get shoes, you can get all types of stuff there. Um, and at first glance, you know, um, they appear to be the, the real deal. And you're like, oh my gosh, there's Beats here um, by Dr. Dre, and they're 15 bucks. You're like, ah, I just hit the jackpot. And then you look closer, and it says Beats, Beats by Cray. And you're like, nah, that's not, that's not, not the same thing. Um, and then it's, instead of Timberlands, they, they say like, oh, if you look close, it says Timmy's. And you're like, I don't know who that is. But they, but, but they look the same. And you're like, oh, I don't know. They'll never know. They'll never know. I'm just going to buy them. And well, there's, there's a counterfeit in it, and I love it. I, I have to tell you that, that it, it, Caltown is the greatest place. You'll, you'll walk around, and you'll see, you know, the, the, for example, the, I remember, this is terrible. I remember um, someone was given a gift, and it was a, a, a Reggie White jersey. And um, I used it as a hypothetical, but I actually watched this happen. And, uh, you know, if you're an Eagles fan and you get a Reggie White jersey, that's, that's kind of nice. And, and you say, this is legitimate. Well, not only was it legitimate, but they said he signed it. Like, oh my gosh, you got a signed, authentic Reggie White. And the person was overwhelmed, about to like cry, you know. And then they're like, where did you find it? They're like, oh, Cowtown. <laughs> and they're like, you know, and then they were more upset and kept crying, you know. Why? Because they were literally signing them in the back as you were walking up, you know. You got an autographed Wentz jersey? Yeah, hold on, 10 minutes. You know, you come back, and it's like, there you go. And you're like, you know, I got an autographed jersey. You're like, how much you pay? You're like, 15 bucks. You're like, you can't even get an unsigned authentic jersey for 100 bucks. Where did you get that? And I I don't know. Some of you, I might have stepped on your toes because you are, you enjoy buying the knockoff brands. And I I have to, um, listen, some of the, the counterfeits are so close to the original, you can't even tell. I mean, you have to be good to determine whether or not it's a fake. I was recently buying some stuff for, for my son, and it was, <laughs> I was shocked. I was pretty shocked, even being familiar with Caltown. But um, you, I wanted to show you some of these things because I didn't know how to explain them unless I showed them to you. But here's one, um, Star Wars. Um, instead of Star Wars, you have uh, Star Swords. Star Swords. Because it was a dollar, and the Star Wars would have probably been $100. Okay, and then here's, here's more. I have a few of them I just want to share. I think they're funny. Say the Avengers. You have the Revengers. The Revengers. And the only reason it's Revengers is because it's, it's cheap, okay? And then here's, here's another one. This is a good one. You guys are going to like this one. I'm telling you. This, instead of a Transformers or a Transform truck, you got a deformed truck. <laughs> Let me just say, some people take more, have more passion into producing counterfeits than others. But yeah, instead of Transformers, you got the deformed truck. And, um, and then last, but certainly not least, <laughs> Special Man. You know, Special Man. <clears throat> 
I mean, he even has the S on his chest for Superman, but they changed it to Special Man. Listen, counterfeit stuff is all around us. It really is. And, and it's always funny to look at counterfeit stuff. I suppose the, the awkward thing is when you have a counterfeit product and you don't know. You know that awkward thing like you thought? Like I knew I didn't get a real leather jacket, but you can play it off that it's real until it starts to get really cold outside and your leather jacket starts to like freeze up. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they're like, bro, you're like, your jacket's frozen. You're like, no, it's not. You know? <laughs> Pleather, it doesn't, it doesn't bend when it, gets, when it gets cold. And if you try to move it, it just rips. <laughs> it just rips. But you, you ever have something that's counterfeit? It's kind of like, you know, all right. But some of us don't mind it. Why? Because it's, it's more frequent. It's more available, quite honestly. If, you know, if you have Caltown in your backyard, you can get anything counterfeit. And, and there's counterfeit stuff all around. And it's cheaper. I mean, some of you have made arguments about why it's better to have the counterfeit than the real thing. You're like, I'm just being a good steward. God would be great. God would bless me because I'm not spending that much money. I'm getting the counterfeit. And some of it is all right, I suppose. But most of us know that if you buy a counterfeit product, it, it has the lifespan of that product is significantly shorter than the real original thing, right? And, and some of us would ask, well, well, why? It's because the counterfeit is made with, with cheaper material. It's made with cheaper um, uh, products and different things and machinery and whatnot. And it, it usually tends to wear, which would suggest the source of the product matters. The source of it matters. And you know, that same sentence can be expressed when it comes to your joy. The source of your joy, it matters. It matters. And listen, I've been in church my whole life. I didn't really have an option at first, but I was in church my whole life. And, and you can tell who, who chooses joy and who's walking with a counterfeit of joy. And usually the only way you can tell is if, if you're walking with real joy Bible joy, Christ-driven joy, is if you go through trials. If you go through trials. It's like it, your joy has to be tested. Or rather, your, your life has to be tested. And in the testing and in the trials and in the difficulty, you actually have the ability, you have the opportunity to evaluate, what have I been carrying all these years? <laughs> what have I really been carrying? I walk around and say, oh, I have my joy in the Lord. And then something happens, and you are tested in your season. Last week, we talked about peace. Where does our peace come from? And today, as we talk about joy, where does our joy come from? What is the source of our joy? The key is the source. The key is the source. And I, I want to read you what James says because it's often as you read it, it's perplexing on its face because you're reading it and you're trying to digest it because many of us find the joy in the, not only the accumulation of things, but in the protection of our life and our future. And if we can't control everything, then we start to get anxious and we start to stress and we start to panic and we start to get overwhelmed. And if things start to happen that, we, we, that was not part of the plan, that was not my desired outcome, that's not what I had in my thought process. When things start to unravel before us, really our, the, the source of our joy is exposed. James writes this, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, this is what he says. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. 
considered an opportunity for great joy. This is what I know. Some of us go through trials, and some of us come out of them more bitter. Some of us go through trials, and we come out better with more thanks and with more joy. James says, considered an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has, gro- has a chance to grow. Has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 5. He says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. We have peace with God. Because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. Because of our faith, Christ has bought us, brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, listen now, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to the sharing of God's glory. Listen to how it continues. He says we can rejoice. We can rejoice. We can be joyful when we run into problems and trials. Not many people can say this on this side of eternity. I just want to challenge your thinking today. Can you stand in the midst of stuff? In the middle of things? And say, I choose to see the finished work of Jesus Christ. I choose to see what he has already done for me. And on my behalf. I love that Paul begins this and says, we have been made right with God through faith. Ephesians 2.8 says, it's by grace through faith that we've been saved. So no one can boast. You don't acquire it. You can't purchase it. You can't earn it. It can only be received. And he says, we have right standing with God. He says, therefore, we can rejoice when we walk through problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Listen to me. When Jesus is your source of joy, trials do not extinguish it. They strengthen it. I love what Nehemiah says. Without going into the entire unpacking of his story, he proclaims during a trial and tribulation to the people around him. This is what he says. I want you to hear this. He says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, I have to ask you something. If I came up to you and said, hey, what's your strength? I suppose I could ask it this way. If that one thing was removed, would you lose your joy? For many of us, we place our hope and our joy and our peace in all the things that we've manufactured in our life. And I'm not suggesting to you that you shouldn't be proud of them, that you shouldn't take pride in what you've done, that you shouldn't use the gifts and talents that God has given you to lead well and to steward well the things he's blessed you with. But my friend, don't place your hope in them. Don't place your trust in them. Don't expect to get continuing unaltered joy from them. Joy comes from the Lord. And Nehemiah recognized that the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's your strength, church. Jesus, when he was arriving, in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says this, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. It says that they were terrified. But the angel reassured them. He says, don't be afraid. He says, I bring you good news. Hear me now, good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The true source of joy at Christmas and at any time of the year for that matter is Jesus Christ himself. It's him. 
It's a person. It's walking with Him. It's trusting in Him. It's when everything else begins to get confusing around you, when, when things start happening and things seem to unravel. Can I tell you, God doesn't lose control of things. <laughs> he doesn't fumble the ball. He doesn't get shocked by things that are transpiring here on earth. God is in control. And it's in Him who we place our hope and our trust. Can we distinguish ourselves in this season and walk with, an, with a joy that cannot be taken from us? with a joy and a peace that is confusing and perplexing to people around us. Jesus was talking to his disciples in John chapter 16. And this is what he says. He's saying to them, listen, some things need to happen. And he's trying to explain to his friends of three years that he lived with, that I'm not going to be here. Something bad is going to happen. They didn't understand it. But he continues and he says this, I tell you the truth that you will weep and mourn over what's going to happen to me. He says, but the world, they will rejoice. He says, you will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she brought a new baby into the world. Verse 22, listen carefully. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice. You will be joyful. Why? He says, you will be joyful and no one can rob you of that joy. No one can take away the assurance you have in Christ. No one can take, no one can steal your joy. No one can rob you and cause you not to have security. Your purpose cannot be stolen. Your meaning in life cannot be taken away. It's secure in Jesus Christ. I've heard it said before that huh, you get what you pay for. You ever hear that? And I suppose part of me agrees with it. You get what you pay for. But when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's not true. We get what he paid for. And he paid for our salvation. He didn't pay for it through silver or gold. He didn't put a deposit on it. He, he didn't partially pay for it. He paid for it in full. And he paid for it. God paid for our salvation by sending his son Jesus he sent him to earth to live and to die and to be raised to life, to defeat sin and death, to hang on a cross and become sin so that you and I could spend eternity with God. And it's in him that we place our trust. And by placing our trust in Jesus Christ, we can walk in a real joy and a real peace. Romans fifteen thirteen. As we began today, I pray that God the source of hope will find you completely with joy, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for you today. Keep you bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and um, I don't know, as we close, you're asking yourself where you stand with God. We never close one of our services without giving people an opportunity to get right with God. And I know when I say that, some of you are perplexed and often confused. You, you seem to um, replay your works in your life and say, well, I'm not a bad person. I've, I was raised in this denomination or in this religion, and I've done this and I've done that. I need you to know something. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you earn or work for your salvation. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you can earn it. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you could be perfect enough to stand in the presence of our holy and perfect God and him not see fault or sin. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the complete opposite. 
It says that you can't earn salvation. It says that the wages of sin is death, that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None are righteous, not even one. This is why the gospel is good news, my friend, because it meets you right where you are. Some of you tell yourself, no, I need to fix this. I need to fix that. No, you don't. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Come as you are right now. Come to Jesus. And all you need to do is have a heart to say, I know I can't save myself. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, we see the essence of salvation. It's through the confession of my mouth that Jesus was crucified and raised to life. And the belief in my heart that he is who he declares himself to be. Out of the confession of my mouth and the belief in my heart. Some of you are saying it's too simple. My friend, it is simple. Salvation is free, but it's significant. You need to get to the point in your life to say, I'm done walking around with the counterfeit. I'm done putting on the fake smile. I'm done putting on the fake peace. I'm done putting on the fake, I got it all together. I know that I do not. And if you're here today and you're tired of trying to fake it and you want to walk with the real source of joy and peace, walk with Jesus, my friend. That's what you were created to do. Hey, thanks for watching. I pray that that message was a blessing to you. And I pray it's encouraged you um, wherever you find yourself in your journey of life. We never like to end any one of our services without giving you um, the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised to life, that you will be saved. And Salvation is a free gift. You can't earn it, you can't buy it, you can't work towards it. It can only be received. It's this incredible grace that comes only from God. So the Bible says that right where you are in your season, not trying to fix anything else, not trying to get yourself better, not waiting or putting off salvation, but today to make the decision to say yes to Jesus, that you know you can't save you, that you need Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says it only requires you to say a simple prayer. So repeat after me, just say this prayer. Say, dear, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again. Come into my life and make me new. I'm now a Christian, Christ now lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just said that prayer, we believe that your eternity is secure in Christ. One of the things that I want to encourage you to do, your next step, if you would, um, is to tell somebody. Whether you're telling us through the website and contacting us and informing us or telling someone else at a local church that maybe you visited. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to be planted in a healthy Bible-based church, whether it's True North Church or another church close to you. Find a church community to do life with. Man, we're so excited for you. Make sure that you get a Bible. If you don't have one, please reach out to us. We'd love to bless you with the Bible and encourage you on your journey with Jesus. I'm excited for you. I truly believe that your best days are still ahead.